You're listening to the Conversation Corner Podcast, your audio masterclass experience that highlights inspiring stories, thought-provoking ideas, and helpful life-changing tips from people around the world. Welcome back, family, to the Conversation Corner Podcast. I'm your host again today, Christoph Coran, and I'm delighted to be here right now with Dr. Dez. She is an expert of public health. She's a health policy analyst, and she is the founder and CEO of Young, Black, and Professional. Welcome, Dr. Dez. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Pleasure. Thank you for being on the show with us today. First off, before we get this thing going, I'd like to ask you to tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So, of course, my name is Desiree. Um, My last name is now Strickland. It was previously Jonas. Um, But I am, like Christoph said, I am a health policy analyst and I work for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, And I also founded Young Black and Professional, but just a little bit to backtrack. I'm from a very small town, Madison County, Florida. I was born and raised there. Um, And then I moved to Tallahassee where I did my undergrad at Florida State. And then I went to grad school at FAMU and I also got my doctorate at FAMU as well. My doctorate in public health. Mm -hmm. So I've been in Florida. I was in Florida for a very long time um, for school. And I moved to Atlanta in uh, 2018. I moved to Atlanta and I started working with the Georgia Department of Public Health. And then a year ago, a little over a year ago, I started working for the CDC. So it's been an interesting journey. And when I was in Florida, I also worked for the Florida Department of Health. So I had a lot of experience um, Mm -hmm. designing public health programs, um, prevention type programs. And one of my things that I always did was make sure I take interns because I love taking interns all the time because I was just like, you know, I had such great mentors that have invested in me along the way. So I was just like, you know, if I didn't have those people in my life, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. So I was just like, you know, it's my, it's my duty to give back and to give what I got to someone else. And hopefully, you know, that's something that I've been doing because it's something I've definitely been striving to do. Um, So I started Young Black and Professional mainly because my, I want to give back and then also, um, I started it just because I seen the lack of preparedness, especially among my minority interns that I would have all the time. Um, it just seemed like we were on different playing fields. Like it was just a different level. And I was just like, wow, you know, their resume isn't up to par. Like they're getting in these spaces and they may land an internship um, with me. And then it's like, they're not taking advantage of it fully. So they're not networking. They're not talking to people. They just kind of keep their head down and then leave. And then nobody remembers them. Um, And, you know, I wanted to be, be like, you know, hey, you can change that. You know, you can literally land a job from this internship. It's Mm -hmm. literally not what you know all the time. It's who you know a lot of times. So networking and just being prepared and being ready plays a big part in that. And that's kind of where I'm at and where I wanted to to instill in people and to teach people. And actually, Christoph, I haven't shared this with you, but I actually just came an adjunct professor. So yeah, at um, South University Online. So I'm teaching public health now. So it's another way I can work with students and interns. So that's exciting. And I'm I'm really looking forward to starting that. Well, I'm glad we got you on the Conversation Corner family before you got too big for us. So (laughs) 
Congratulations on that. Now you are staying busy these days. So tell me, where did this love of public health come from? When did it start? Yeah, so it started, you know, I actually, and I feel like a lot of people, and people listening to this probably are just like, public health, okay, the main thing you think about right now is COVID-19. Because <laughs> that's what, you know. You have been important was. until now, right? Exactly. Where we weren't important until COVID. Um, but I actually started out when I was younger, I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I wanted to go to med school. That was my whole thing. And when I got to college, I was like, I'm going to med school. That's it for me. And I took organic chemistry. And I took physics and those classes beat me down. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. So I ended up, I ended up completing all my prereqs for med school, but I was just like, I still don't know if I want to go to med school or not. Took a practice MCAT, did terrible on the practice MCAT. Like the way you know you did terrible on a practice test is when you think, like, dang, how can I cheat on this test? And just like, <laughs> <laughs> that was literally the only thing I remember about that test is me thinking about how can I cheat and I was like and then I was like Desiree this is a practice test you you should you just need to study Um, (laughs) but yeah so I did that and then I still just wasn't sure so while I was in undergrad I had the opportunity to get my medical assistant certification um, Mm -hmm. through one of my student organizations that I was in so I did that and once I graduated I worked for a medical doctor um, as a medical assistant for about a year Um, and I did that and he was a family practice doctor. Um, and he actually was a pharmacist before he became an MD. So he was very, he, yeah, he was, he was very knowledgeable, um, and just an amazing doctor. Um, but I learned a lot through him. And even then I was still like, I still don't know if this is what I want to do. Um, I enjoyed the patients. I enjoyed working with them, but then I was like, man, all right, listen, medical assistant, they're not paying me enough money. I can't live off of this. So I need to go back to school. So I was just like, okay, um, what can I do? Because I don't know. I don't think I want to go to med school just yet because I'm not sure. So I seen public health and I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I guess the credits maybe can count towards med school and it'll look good on a med school application. So I applied for the program at FAMU, the master's in public health program. I got in. And then once I learned what public health was, I was like, oh, wow, I really am interested in this because, you know, in the way I explain public health, um, I actually just talked with um, last week, I got to talk with some students um, in Jacksonville. They're in like a health science program. And okay. We talked about what public health is. And I always ask the question when I talk with students, like, do you know what public health is? And majority of them are like, no, <laughs> we don't know what that is. Um, and so the way I explain it, I'm just like, OK, you know how when you go to the doctor, they focus on you as one person. They focus on you, what's wrong with you and giving you medication, helping you get better. We as public health, we're like doctors, but we're like doctors for a whole population of people. So we're not just looking at one person we're looking at the entire population and seeing how we can improve the health of everybody at one time instead of just improving the health of one person at one time. So that's kind of the simplest way I like to explain it to people. But I really fell in love with the idea that through my doing programs and doing a lot of these interventions in different communities, I can make real lasting change and a big impact, not just on one person, but on a lot of people um, within one time. So that's kind of how I got to public health and how I kind of fell in love with it. So let's backtrack for a minute because I I hope the listeners caught some really good nuggets, as I call them, um, during what you were just saying. And even before that, the first thing you said 
a little while ago, you said sometimes it's not about what you know, but who you know. Oh, yeah. And I heard someone recently say, and this just blew me away. I was like, man, that is the next level right there. He said, it's not what you know. A lot of times it's not even who you know, but it's who knows you. Ooh. That was one. I said, okay, I see you. You're taking it a little bit deeper there. I like that. And then the second thing I want people to really understand and get out of what you just said is how you pivoted. Like you wanted to go in one direction. You found a calling, a gift, a passion, a talent that you had. But sometimes I think we discover what we love and what we're passionate about and what our gift could be, but we're driving down the wrong lane. I mean, there's many paths to fulfill what we're great at or what we love or what we think we were born to do. And it sounds like you had to pivot and then you ended up getting into something that was even better than what you thought you wanted to do in the first place. Um, and now you're doing something that you love. So what was it like when you're talking about the MCAT and taking those hard classes? I have a similar story. I wanted to be a theoretical physicist, I like to tell people. Wow. And I started looking at the places you needed to go to be able to do that and the courses you had to take. And I wasn't that great in math in high school. And I said, hmm, is this the smart <laughs> thing to do? <laughs> Am I setting myself up for success or failure? I think I need to find another way. So what was that like for you just mentally during those times? Did you feel like a failure? Did you feel like your life was over? What went through your mind at that time? I remember. So I just one instance, I think I can just say that pretty much sums it all up. I remember when I was realizing that med school maybe was not what I wanted. And I was probably like my sophomore year. I realized that. And um, I was so confused as to what my major should be. I ended up changing my major while in undergrad like four or five times. Um, but I was so confused as to what I wanted it to be. And I remember calling my aunt because I would call my aunt and I vent to her a good bit. And usually she offers some pretty she's very practical. So she offers some very practical advice. Um, uh -huh. So I called her and I was like, I don't know, I'm interested in like family and child science. I really like that area. And oh my gosh, she was just like, well, what are you going to do with that? You're not going to make any money doing that. <laughs> and I, I just started crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I'm, not, I'm not super sensitive all the time, but I was just so confused as to what yeah. I should do. And I felt like I needed to have it all figured out. And, you know, calling her and talking with her and her kind of shooting down the one kind of idea I had or the one kind of class I kind of liked, it was just like, man, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, you know? So I got the phone with her and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to try to figure it out on my own. So I changed my major to um, family and child science. I ended up liking those classes, but I actually, when I was in high school, I did a lot of dual enrollment courses. So I had yeah. a lot of credits that counted for like, the major I was in first, um, exercise science, which gave me all the med school prereqs. So I actually ended up double majoring in exercise science and family and child science. But I think that, you know, one thing is just, I was open to exploring everything. And yeah. I feel like sometimes, um, like you were saying, people just kind of, they drive down the wrong path and they just kind of, they know it's the wrong path, but they keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and because a lot of times they've made so much progress, they're scared to change, you know, they're scared yeah. to switch over. And I think I've never been that way. I've always been, even since I was younger, I've always been that person who 
wasn't afraid of a challenge and wasn't afraid to just be like, oh, okay, well, I'm interested in this now. So let's see how this goes. And, you know, I think that for one, a lot of times the older generation, they get a little scared of that. Um, You know, that's just not how a lot of them operated, especially like my mom, my family, they didn't operate like that. It was just like, you do this and this is what you do for 30, 40 years and you retire and yada, yada, yada. So I think that just being open to all the possibilities of what I could do was the best thing I could have ever done because I was able to explore other paths. Like I looked into our friends that did engineering, looked into that. And like you said, I hated math too. So math, was <laughs> I seen all the equations they were doing. Uh, <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> it looked good on TV, but not in real life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The paycheck looked good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, no, that's not it. And, you know, I looked at like a lot of other things. I looked at psychology. I looked at, you know, just a lot of things. And I talked to people. I think that's one thing that people yes. like they, they don't they write that off and they're not. I don't know why they downplayed the importance of talking with people. Mm-hmm. But um, even like I. I love school, which is something that some people find weird about me. I love school. So even after I got my doctorate, I was like, maybe I should go to law school. Oh, man. <laughs> and, but um, but then so I decided to talk to some lawyers. So I literally just messaged some random lawyers on LinkedIn who looked like they had like um public health experience and they had their JD. And I just messaged them and just had like 30 minute Zoom calls with them and just picked their brain about, you know, the benefits of going to law school right now, as far as me having like a doctorate in public health in this background. So that was very interesting and eye-opening to me. And they actually pointed out a lot of like free trainings and free courses and different things I should look at. So I think that it's just so it's just it's so helpful when you talk to somebody that's in the field doing something. It helps you out a lot to kind of understand is this what you really want to do? Because you don't know because you're not doing it. You don't know unless you talk to someone. Man, that is deep right there. Talk to people, reach out to people, figure out what you want to do by surrounding yourself with people who are doing what you think you want to do. And as long as you've got gas in the tank, meaning a life to live, it's never too late to turn back. It's never too late to start over. I mean, I, I see so many posts these days, even on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram of you know, 65, 70-year-olds who are graduating with a bachelor's degree for the first time in their life, right? And they're they're living this new life, even at that age. We're 25, 26, 30, and we think our life is over in the next two years. If we mm-hmm. change anything, right? You're just starting. It's okay to try one thing and go over to the other. Just do everything you do with excellence and to the best of your ability, That way, whenever you do shift and change, the one thing that never does change is your work ethic, your attitude towards something. Those intangibles that you have can carry over to any industry or any field. Mm -hmm. So as long as you take those things with you, you've got a you've got a shot. You really got a shot to make it. Let's pivot now a little bit over to young black and professional. So when did that get started? How did that come into play with school and figuring your life out? (laughs) Tell me about that. Yeah, so that actually started a little over a year ago. Um, and it started from an idea both me and my husband had. So we kind of both sat down and we were talking about it because he works in the athletic administration field. So he actually, and that was a field like I literally didn't even know existed. Like I didn't know <laughs> sports administration. Like the one I think of sports, I think of athletes. I didn't know like, you know, someone actually has to run all that stuff. <laughs> You know, I didn't realize that, but um, he does that. And one thing he does, too, is take a lot of interns. 
So I think we had a lot of the same stories to tell. And even though he grew up in Arkansas, um, it was still a lot of similarities in a lot of the stories that we were telling, especially about our minority interns, you know, the people we really wanted to invest into. But a lot of times it was just like, you know, no one else was investing into them and they didn't they didn't have all of the things that all of our other interns had when they got to the point of working with us. So, you know, and noticing that we were like, well, let's start something, you know, let's, you know, do something, see what we can do. And so, you know, the Young Black and Professional was kind of born out of that. And it was just a way to offer guidance through like free trainings and resources um, and courses that people could take. And so I'm like, you know, I want it to be everywhere at once. Like I wanted to help a wide variety of people. And, you know, I was like, well, we got the internet, so I can't help a lot of people at one time. So started out doing like YouTube videos, offering, um, you know, just free tips and things like that. And, you know, that got a lot of good response. And then, you know, just YouTube in general was draining for me <laughs> um, as far as I got to like get on camera and look like something yeah. every yeah. other day. Um, so I switched to saying like, okay, I want to just go ahead. I'm going to make it a podcast. So doing like the podcast, I feel like, you know, that's something that started not too long ago. So it's pretty fresh, but I get a lot of positive feedback because I'm offering a lot of tips and guidance. And a lot of the tips and guidance are things I've learned along the way. Um, that, you know, you won't know unless you kind of go through it. And then also I read a lot of um, books and one of the books that I read, it's called The Memo. And basically it was like the memo, what women of color need to know to secure a seat at the table and books like that. And then it's a lot of other books that I read that I'm like, wow, you know, this is very interesting. Just kind of thinking about being a person of color and being like in corporate settings. So it's like looking at the book and reading the things that I'm reading and looking up the things, I'm like, dang, everybody kind of goes through a lot of the similar things. Like yeah. I've had someone, you know, at work, like touch my hair and like, like literally put their hands through my hair and like pet me. And then, you know, <laughs> and I've had like, you know, a lot of the passive aggressive things in meetings. And then not just with me being a person of color, but me being a woman too, and me being in meetings, um, you know, with a lot of men. And it's just kind of like a lot of those things. I feel like, you know, sometimes people just need to know that you're not in it alone. You're not going through it alone. And I yeah. talk about a lot of that, like on my podcast, and then also talking about like resume tips, cover letter tips, how to talk about yourself. Because I think one thing as recent graduates, a lot of recent graduates downplay themselves on their resume because they think they don't have the skills. But I'm like, you paid all this money for a degree. Yeah. You got skills. <laughs> like, what did you pay for if you don't have any skills? You know, right. so it's just a matter of how you say it and how you present it on your resume. And I think that, you know, that's one thing they don't teach in college, how to do a resume, how to do a cover letter, um, you know, how to network. Those aren't the things that they're teaching in the curriculum. They're not teaching you how to get a job. So I was like, you know, that's one of the things like, you know, I want a young black and professional to be about to teach you. OK, you graduated college or you're about to graduate. Now, let's get you this job. Let's secure this job because that's what you went to college for. in the first Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's kind of, you know, how it started. And that was, 
just kind of the passion behind it, behind it is I want to like help people. And I try to like make sure that all the like courses and things I'm doing are like affordable, um, you know, and then I try to like work with students too. Um, so yeah, so that's like all on the website and everything like the courses. And I'm trying to, in the process of working to develop more courses, because I, I do a lot of one-on-one sessions um, with clients too. So I talk a lot one-on-one with them and that's, always great and amazing and I love hearing their perspectives because I know um just like one student I talked to our she she was about to graduate and she was working but she hated her job and you know she felt like she needed to go back to school or she couldn't get a new job until she finished school and I was like well no like if you're working now you can just get a new job like get a job in the field that you're you know and she happened to be getting her master's in public health and I was like girl get a job in public health <laughs> hey, why are you like trying to just stay at this place that's literally it was mentally draining her um and on top of being in school too so I was like start your career like there's no nothing that says you can't start your career while you're in college you know so yeah that's kind of how it started and and how it's going now <laughs> how do you find time for all this stuff how do you find time for young black and professional and the podcast and helping other people with their stuff and I know you probably do a lot of you know freebies on the side just helping people Uh, and I love your post and just your energy and your personality I mean if you guys aren't following her on social media and stuff and we'll get those tags here in a minute you're missing out you are (laughs) where does the time come from oh my gosh I I have to tell myself like that if it doesn't get done, it just doesn't get done. Sometimes I have to tell myself that. And, you know, I try to be as consistent as possible. So like, I'm literally like, I read this book um, called the four hour work week. I think. Yes. Yeah. And um, that was very inspirational as far as automating things and doing things like that for my business. So like trying to use the tools that are out there, like, so with like Instagram posts and stuff, those are like automated. So I like sit down, I try to find like a day and I'm working on them, creating them. And then like, just kind of automate them and schedule them. But even then, like, I just, I always have a planner. Like you rarely see me without my planner. I may not be looking at it all the time, but I always have it. And it just kind of helps me keep things straight because it can be so much. And if I'm just thinking about it abstractly, like it's just overwhelming. So like I try to like plan out my days and focus on certain things each day. Luckily with my job, my full-time job, I work from home. So it's a little easier. And with me, I'm a night owl. So I will prefer to do things at night versus I hate waking up early in the morning. So so like with my work from work, I'll do my projects and assignments probably in like the evening time. So I'm up to like three, four in the morning. And then I just kind of schedule it to go out throughout the day. So I can sleep in um, if I don't have a meeting um, and things like that. So it's just those little like hacks that help so much um, just kind of in that. So it's a process, but like I learned not to be so hard on myself if I don't get something done. Like if I don't record, like if I don't, you know, post, then I'm just not hard on myself because I know like eventually it'll happen, you know, good things come to you. Like I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. So I'm just like, the world's not going to come crashing down if I don't do an Instagram post today, or if I don't, you know, do a podcast this week, like it's not going to come crashing down. So. Well, first of all, I feel tricked and bamboozled and just baited and, and twitched on because I thought all those posts during the daytime and in the morning come from you 
and you're automating that stuff. I just don't feel like it's authentic now. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel tricked. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna feel differently now when I see those posts come up. I'm I'm not gonna feel the same. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the only way I feel like it's just such a great tool to utilize. And like Facebook has a scheduler, so it makes it so easy. <laughs> it does it to Facebook, too. So I'm just like, by the time like I'm waking up, I may be waking up, wiping the crest out of my eye and already got likes on the post. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start commenting on every post. This ain't her, y'all. This ain't her. <laughs> if it's sent before 12 o'clock noon, this ain't it. This ain't yeah. her. <laughs> It ain't genuine. Well, that's good. You know, you have to use the resources that are available. I think so many young people in particular, we get so bogged down in trying to do everything, you know, physically or doing everything ourselves. I have this issue too. You feel like you're the only one that can do it. And you hear the term delegate. We think that delegate means to someone else. Sometimes it's to something, yeah. you know, using Facebook scheduler or these different like MailChimp, all these resources that are available to us. Some are free. Some you have to pay a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. But even the ones you pay money for, they're cheaper than a person. Oh yeah. And they're not going to mess up usually. Mm-hmm. They're going to show up on time. Right. Um, they're going to be consistent. They're going to stay with you. They'll do exactly what you tell it usually. But they're, they're, they're useful items and tools that we all could use to make our lives a lot simpler. And we live in 2021. These things are available. Uh, so you have to put them to use to help you out when you can. Definitely. And I think, you know, one of my favorite um, mentors that I had, you know, she will always tell me, she's like, Desiree, think smart, not hard. And I was like, okay. So and she's just like, you know, that's one of her sayings, like think smart. Like sometimes you can just rack your brain so much and you're just overthinking and overdoing stuff. And, you know, sometimes you just got to think smart about it. And then um, also, you know, she would tell me, you know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel all the time. Because like um, when I would be at work, you know, sometimes we always want to be like, okay, well, what can we create this new? What's new? What are we going to do? What are we going to do about this problem? But, you know, somebody in another state or in another area already solved this problem. So why aren't you calling them to ask them how they solved it? You know, so that was one of my things too. Like I'm always the person who's going to see who I can call or contact if I see that they've done something and I want to do it. Like I'm going to call and ask them how did they do, how did they do it? Because I can sit here and spend countless hours trying to figure it out on my own, or I could call somebody and figure out the answer in 20 minutes, you know? Absolutely. I'm going to say something that might not be popular, but it's just the truth. You know, you, you kind of alluded to this a little bit and we have this saying with mission three, E. you know, sometimes being a copycat isn't a bad thing. Just make sure you copy in the right cat. Right. But Sometimes originality has nothing to do with you sitting in a blank room, four walls in a prison cell with a sheet of paper and a pencil and writing some of your greatest creation with no insight from anyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's taking something that's already been done and putting your spin on it, doing it in a way that no one else has done it before. That's just like that's everything. I mean, what we even think of as being original isn't because I'm sure it's been done before. Everything under the sun has already been done. So all you're doing is putting the Dr. Dez spin on it or the Kristoff spin on it or whoever is listening. All you're doing is putting you into it. And that's the thing that can't be replicated, duplicated, copied is you. 
And as long as you stay genuine to you and the way you present, the way you write, the way you, you know, explain things or teach things, um, resume help and career help isn't anything new, but they sure don't do it the way you do it. Right. So putting your spin on it. um, So originality is just you being genuinely you. And and that's the thing. I do want to ask you, Dr. Des, before we end today, is there anything, one, two, three things that if they don't remember anything else, what would you like our listeners today to remember for this conversation? I would say number one thing is to be open to multiple possibilities. I feel like sometimes, you know, and as I was saying earlier, we get caught up with like, you know, we have one goal in mind and we're like, I want to be a doctor. I want to do this. I want to do that. And we close ourselves off to so many other possibilities. But a lot of times, you know, for me, I feel like God led me to the path of wanting to be a doctor because he wanted to be in public health. And that was just kind of the path to how I had to get there. And, you know, I feel like like, you know, just being open to exploring different options, especially like when you're in college, when you're young, just being open, um, having an open mind and going into things with that curiosity to want to learn more about it, because you literally never know what can happen or the, the path, the different path your life can take for the better if you just kind of are open to opportunities. Um, and number two, I would say. If you don't see an opportunity, you can't create your own opportunity. Like, I think that, you know, one of the things um, that I kind of, I feel like I kind of struggle with, or not even struggle with, was I wanted to do was to have an internship while I was in college or undergrad. So we had to have an internship for credit, but I couldn't find all the everything was so competitive, you know, like, you know, you had to do this full-fledged application, yada, 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 for all these major internships. And so I was just like, well, you know, I'm interested in this area. Here are some places in, and at that time I was interested in maternal and child health. So like pregnancy and everything. And so I was just like, well, it's a a pregnancy center that's not far from Florida State. Um, And so I was talking with my advisor. I was like, has anybody ever done an internship there? And she was like, no, no, not really. And I was like, well, how about I call them and try to create my own internship? And she was like, okay. So I just, I didn't even call. I think, I think I just went up there and I was just like, can I talk with someone? And, you know, I told them what I was interested in doing and they set me down with the, um, the director of the center. And, you know, I talked with her and it ended up being one of the best internships I, I had to do. And I created it myself. And I basically came in just kind of wanting to learn and wanting to get to know everything that they did. And they did a lot of counseling, um, for yeah. pregnant women. Um, so one of the projects I got to do, I got to create like a document talking about like abortion and actual motions behind going through abortion, because a lot of women would come in and say, oh, I want an abortion or they wanted more information about it. But I think a lot of the information was more clinical versus like the mental aspect of it. Right. Um, right. So I created like this brochure and I actually interviewed a lot of the ladies that worked there. They had previously had abortions um, when they were younger. And so it, it was very emotional um, in the interview process, but it got a lot of great information. Um, and I was able to kind of relay that information to all the other women that would kind of come in um, just kind of about, you know, their feelings, their thought processes, because a lot of them are similar. So 
just yeah. to say like, you know, don't be afraid to create your own opportunities just because you don't see it on the list of places that you can do an internship at or just because something hasn't been done before doesn't mean that you can't create your own opportunity and just ask like, you know, the worst they could have told me was no, you know, and then I would have been back trying to do something else, you know, so just being open to that. And then I would say third, don't neglect having a mentor. Um, because a lot of times, you know, you need somebody like you can think, you know, it all, but I guarantee you do not know it all. And mm -hmm. there are so many people who can help you and provide you with so many resources that are just so plugged in. Like for me being in public health and working in public health, like I get so many emails and resources about free trainings, grant opportunities, all of these things. But I know like somebody that's probably just starting out in public health, they don't know about these things. You know, they don't know what's going on. They don't get like, I get, you know, people sending me job opportunities that I, people who I know who I've met along the way um, that they don't, you know, advertise for publicly. So it's different things like that, that you literally never know unless you talk to someone and you continue and maintain that relationship. So I think that's important too, just like not only having the mentor, but just kind of reaching out and not, you don't have to reach out like every week, but just- right out like you know every month or two and just saying hey how's everything going just wanted to check in with you just have a question about such and such you know just having somebody that you can talk to and bounce ideas and questions off of is valuable and it's gonna give you so much that you just can't get in mm -hmm. that's solid so be open and I would even add, be open early and often. I mean, start in high school. You don't have to be a college student to get an internship or to go to somewhere and ask them, hey, can I come in and just shadow? Can I come in and watch? Can I come give you free help? You don't have to pay me. Mommy's going to drop me off. As long as you just make sure that I don't get kidnapped, I'll be here and not say anything, right? So be open do it early, do it often, and then don't be afraid to create your own opportunities. I love that. Um, I think we're so afraid that we have to fit some mold or just do what everybody else is doing or do what's, what we think is available. Sometimes what's available isn't pronounced or isn't out there uh, for you to visibly see it. Sometimes you just have to get up and go get it. Mm -hmm. And then third, get yourself a mentor. I love it. That's so key. People who are successful, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they have a mentor. They've got someone or some people's people in the background who are listening to what they're wanting to do and they're guiding them in a way that can help them become successful. So you got to get yourself a mentor. Uh, Dr. Des, that was just beautifully done. Thank you for giving us those tips. How can we find you? How can we go check out your website? Where do we need to go? Yeah, so www.youngblackandprofessional.com. That is just open, available. All my information is there. Um, Instagram, I am active on Instagram. You know, I said it's automated, but I'm oh, on there yeah. too. You know, I, my face is there. I'm talking to y'all on there. So, so not all posts are automated. <laughs> um, but it's just at Young Black and Professional, same on Facebook. Um, so definitely like, you know, DM us on Instagram. I respond back. Um, you know, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one session. Do you, though? I do. I really, you know, it may be late when I'm waking up. And okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm responding back. I am responding back. So if you DM the page and you're like, well, dang, she just posted and I DM'd <laughs> and 
ain't DM me back yet. She ain't up yet, guys. She ain't yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely make it a point to always respond. Um, so definitely, like, you can reach me there. Check out the website, the podcast, Instagram, a lot of ways. Um, so definitely. And it's a lot of free resources on there. We have a free training up now talking about navigating your career as a young Black professional. Mm-hmm. So just going over a lot of resume tips, a lot of things about just navigating your career in general once you get into the position that you want to be in, you know, how to move up the ladder and different things like that. Guys, you have to check it out. You have to take action. Those who are successful and those who are not, it's usually action that separates the two so take action today go check out everything that dr des has given us today go check out our website follow her on all the social media platforms do something different if you want something different and better out of life dr des thank you so much for giving us your time today you have blessed us with knowledge and information that we really can use to transform our lives we don't know what we don't know. That's what keeps me up at night. And you've just given us some information that we probably didn't know we didn't know. So thank you so much for that. Conversation Corner family, until next time, take care. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening today. But I need you to do three very important things right now. Number one, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Number two, Share this episode with someone who would benefit from it. Number three, go to mission3e.com and make a charitable contribution to support what we do. And always remember, together, we can make the world a better place, one conversation at a time.